something welcome to a new episode of supernatural creatures and lore here on the radio horror network i am your host dr chris and i'm mel hufflin his co-host supernatural creatures and lore talking about all the monster mythology creatures and things that go bump in the night the same dean winchester fought on the tv series supernatural and uh we have been covering it for a few years of uh the original uh five seasons of the show with sporadic episodes spread throughout the other uh, 10 seasons, but we're at the end of season five now, which was the apocalypse, the big fight between heaven and hell, as depicted in Revelations, and Mel has the plot synopsis for Swan Song. Season five, episode 22, Swan Song, originally aired May 13th, 2010. The entire season has been leading up to this showdown between good and evil, with the apocalypse looming. Sam and Dean realize they are out of options and make heartbreaking decisions that will change their lives forever. A beloved character is killed. What character is killed? Oh, goodness. I wonder. Is it I'm pretty sure it's Sam. Oh, oh, and the brother. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean I, I guess they're not. Well, neither Sam or Adam are killed. They're just locked in the cage together. And Adam eventually returns. Of course, he's eventually just completely corrupted by what happened to him and you know, I think smited by God, right? Or Zachariah, I want to say. I know he does some some very unfair things to Adam too. Yeah, but Zachariah we did away with earlier too. Kurt Fuller's character, you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, uh, he was already gone at this point. Gotcha. So Adam ends up in the cage with Sam, and and Adam remains in the cage until. The end of the entire show, where Sam, of course, comes back at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, which they weren't planning on doing, but they got a last-minute pickup, so asked to do, do another season. But Kripke was out at that point. He was he was done. Yeah, this was this was his last episode, right? This was his last episode, but he would return one more for, um, I think, The French Connection. Oh, okay. Yeah, where he plays himself in the alternate universe where Sam and Dean are um, fictional TV characters. They're bas- it's our universe, basically. Did you know, uh, I, I know you know that this was originally supposed to be the end, but did you know that this episode was supposed to be a lot different no. than what we've seen? No, what happened? So originally, um, I believe it was Kripke that wanted, you know, the swan song of the goodbye, full of voiceovers and flashbacks. Okay. But Sarah Gamble, um, the new showrunner, took it over and penned it um into season six, so that got pulled. Oh. What do we know about the apocalypse from the Bible? Which I'm assuming is where most of this is coming from. So, because every Bible has an apocalypse, and, you know, throughout, you know, 
even all the way to like Ragnarok, which I I think we've mentioned on the show before. Ragnarok um, being the end of days for the Norse mythology. Right. And there was a whole movie about um, it starring Chris Helmsworth in the Marvel Universe. So specifically, supposedly, the book of Revela- Revelations, um, Revelations somehow loosely translates to Apocalypse. Its title is derived from the first word of the text, Apocalypse, meaning unveiling or revelation. Uh, so technically, um, the book of Revelations is canon for apocalyptic books. Okay. Um, and according to Oxford Language Dictionary, apocalypse, um, the first apocalypse noun, the complete final destruction of the world as described in the biblical book of Revelations. So it's literally in the definition. So that's where I pulled all of my notes from. What, um, what is, is there a quote from the Bible of, uh, about the, about the end of, about the apocalypse, the end of days, the big fight? Do they even say that there's a fight between Lucifer and Michael? Pretty much the book of Revelations is <laughs> kind of like a how-to guide on the apocalypse and what happens. Um, th- there's like step-by-step what what is going to happen and um, the signs leading up to it. And I was able to put together a timeline of the apocalypse with quotes pulled from the book of Revelations with the help of BibleStudyTools.com. I have, like, the whole how-to guide here in my notes. <laughs> okay, yeah, go over it. All right, here we go. Um, but before we start, I am going to go into my notes that I pulled directly from PBS.org. PBS, yes, Sesame Street, that one. Well, Sesame Street um, now with HBO Max. Ah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, they've been with HBO um, Max for the last uh, two, three years, I think. Gotcha. So uh, PBS.org says, if you, it's, this is a quote from their website. If you open the book of Revelation and simply begin reading it as an unfolding scenario, it goes something like this. There will be wars and famines and disease epidemics and heavenly signs that will alert the world to some sort of crisis. Then will come an antichrist, as he is called, or a political ruler that will establish control over the whole earth. He'll be backed up with a religious ruler who's called the false prophet. They together will establish a unified social, economic, religious system that dominates the entire world. The only thing opposing them are the people of God and these two prophets who are called the two witnesses who appear in Jerusalem and begin to speak against their power. The rest of the book, really the last half of the book, is how to overthrow the system, the beast, the false prophet who has the number 666, the Antichrist who has overthrown judgments and plagues. Most of them are cosmic, asteroids hitting the earth and water turning to blood and that sort of thing, until finally Jesus returns as a warrior on a white horse and sets up the kingdom of God. So, obviously, that's not quotes from the book of Revelations, but it says that if you open the book of Revelations, it unfolds these scenarios. But here's what's interesting about that. And I know we've mentioned this on the show before because we've talked about the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. There is no mention of the word 
or there is no mention of the Antichrist in the book of Revelations. And pretty much that entire quote from the PBS website is about the Antichrist in reference to the book of Revelations. Mm-hmm. But everybody interprets things differently. There's no Antichrist in this episode anyway. Right. It, it It's just, it gets brought up a lot, the Antichrist in reference to anytime the apocalypse is brought up in popular media. Oh, okay, right. But I think they did it correctly when they had their own episode for the Antichrist earlier this season. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that too. And um, Castiel pointed out that the Antichrist does not necessarily mean the the son of uh, the son of, of son of the devil. Right. They made great lengths or whatever to, on this show, especially in this episode with Mark Pellegrino playing Lucifer, um, and he's playing him like really scary. Whereas like later yeah. on, he becomes a complete joke. It's the worst rewritten character ever. It's the absolute worst rewritten character ever because when Mark is playing Lucifer in this entire season, you have a really great deal of pain for the act for the character that allowed Lucifer to take over his body because of what happened to his wife and kids. But then they entered this entire plot line later on of him being like a completely disturbed individual and he was the one who did it. And it's just like, what? And, I mean, Lucifer just because I think the problem is with this show is that it conformed to whatever was happening in popular culture at the time, and they decided to write Lucifer as Loki. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He goes from being this sinister, creepy, like, you know he's thinking something evil, chills down your spine to, like, fumbling oaths. Yeah, he has become he becomes Loki at some point, which is unfortunate. Yeah, the character becomes very like comedic. And you don't think of that when you think of the devil. No, um there's another character that kind of became the new Loki. He was Superman's brother, uh, half brother on Superman and Lois, kind of hoping he does come back for the last 10 episodes of the season. Um, in the first season, he is completely maniacal and mean and all about like, you know, turning earth into new Krypton for the sake of, you know, for the, for, for his father, who's his like artificial intelligence ghost person. He talks to like, you know, Superman would talk to the, you know, artificial intelligence ghost of his dad and eventually his mom, um, you've seen in the movies, you know what I'm talking about. And in season two, when he's in prison and he has to help Superman, he becomes basically like Loki. He becomes all like snively whiplash. He becomes very like, um, you know, when somebody calls him a homicidal, you know, homicidal maniac, he goes now, now, no lean for name calling, you know, things like that. Something that Loki would definitely say before he would just very brush off. You know, he he becomes like this like charming villain, even though he tried to commit genocide on a global scale, wiping out all of humanity on Earth to replace it with Kryptonians. Um, Oopsie. You know, yeah, <laughs> he is just this now like <laughs> kind of like villain. And but oh, but I love my brother, so I'll help him. You know, even though it's going to get me what I want, which is out of here. Even though I might not do my plan again, I'll be free because and I'll be free from a a red sun imprisonment, which allows me to be out in the open with the yellow sun that gives me all of basically my brother's powers. Yeah. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, Lucifer in the show did become that way tremendously horribly. Michael, I think continued being how he was even in that alternate weird reality that we saw him in, which was not great. 
Um, and when Michael was Adam in the end of the show, um, he was still like the bad character. He never kind of, you know, had a, a writer's turn. Um, the, the music that is played when, when Dean shows up to interrupt the battle is pretty perfect. You kind of wonder what the apocalypse itself would be like on earth as it's written in the Bible. It's much more chaotic. I I think it sounds downright creepy. What, the way it is in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so interesting to me. Um, you know, so in this research, I'm like, okay, so how do we stop from getting to the, you know, how do we stop it? Let's stop the apocalypse. Like, how, how do we get saved? And all any uh, okay, I'll go through it and then I'll uh, explain at the end. Go ahead. So I have an actual timeline here and it's pretty lengthy, but we'll get through this together. So pretty much beginning in chapter five of Revelation, there's a lot of symbolism of um, Jesus dying on the cross here. Uh, so he is referred to as the Lamb being slain. Verse eleven speaks to um, a number. Too numerous to name. John heard the voice of many angels surround the throne, and the descendants, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. They were all saying with a loud voice, "Worthy is the Lamb that was the slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." This right here is shouting material because of the hundreds of. Thousands and thousands, supposed to um, supposedly means to symbolize ten thousand times ten thousand, which is one hundred million. Then it says thousands of thousands, so the number appears to be more than one hundred million, which we are supposed to entertain the idea that we will be in that number. I can't possibly. Like, it's it's interesting. There's 7 billion people on Earth. I don't know where... The numbers don't add up to me. But uh, moving on, the seals are being opened in Chapter 6 of Revelation. There's this widespread panic on Earth, lots of earthquakes, the sun becomes black, and the moon turns bloody. The stars of heaven fall. Mountains and islands men cheat of God, literally. And there's also reference, too, in Chapter 6, the angels looking like the stars of heaven falling, which we see at some point in Supernatural, but that's a different episode. And then, moving on, there's one angel that instructs the other four angels to wait until the saints are sealed. And these are those who were saved after the rapture, which is interesting because there's no literal rapture talked about in the book of Revelation. There are still on earth during this tribulation period, they receive a seal on their forehead so that the locusts that are being sent out will not harm them. And this, these locusts is what's really creepy. These locusts, the sting of them is compared to that of a scorpion, which is very not fun. Trust me. These locusts have faces of men and they are wearing crowns of gold on their heads. They have hair like women and teeth like lion, and they have breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings sounds like chariots running into battle. 
And if you get stung by them, they hurt for five months. You've been and I'm assuming a... they're meant to be demons. You've been stung by a scorpion before? Yeah, they're they're here in Florida. <laughs> you got stung by a scorpion after you already moved to Florida? No, this was the last time I lived in Florida. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then chapter 9 gives details to torment so great that men will seek out death, will not be able to die. Then there are hundreds of thousands of horsemen sent out, and the horses breathe fire. Chapter 13, the beast is now on earth, and the people who've not repented have taken the mark of the beast. And here's a quote from Revelation 13-8. And all that dwell upon earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, chapter 15 goes into more detail about the people left behind and not being saved. There's plagues. One plague renders men completely helpless. One gives them sores. Another turns their sea, the seas into blood. Another makes the sun so hot that it scorches the earth, literally. So after the fulfillment of the Revelation timeline, the sun, you know, that had turned black, does not light anymore. The moon gives no light. The stars have fallen. There's just dark everything. Then we will see the Son of Man coming into the clouds with a great power of glory. I think this may be a reference to Christ. But in Revelation 19, John writes that he saw the heaven open and behold a white horse. He sat upon him and was faithful and true and in righteousness. He doth judge and make his war. His eyes were aflame and fire and his head wore many crowns. The many crowns no doubt signifies that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And we're coming up to the end. The devil's bound for a thousand years and God sets up kingdom of earth. And everybody who uh, did not repent gets thrown into the lake of fire along with Satan. So everyone gets the same punishment as Satan if they didn't follow God. Seems kind of harsh. Maybe a little bit. I think so. In Swan Song, um, uh, we don't see the devil again until the uh, season seven epi- uh, hallucinations of uh, for Sam, but we really don't see him again until he's freed from the cage when the Amara episode is uh, about, about, upon us because they 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 think they need to free uh, Lucifer from the cage in order to stop Amara. Um, of course, you know it's revealed in this episode that Chuck is actually God. That's I don't understand why there was some debate about that. I mean, it was very obvious in this episode other episodes no this episode yes the episode is narrated by um chuck i guess i never picked up on that <laughs> the whole episode is narrated by chuck and then he disappears at the end of the episode he just disappears like on a puff of smoke um Stull Cemetery is, by the way, a real cemetery in Lawrence, Kansas, where Sam and Dean are born. Uh, it has a real lot of real-life lore associated with it, including the belief that it could be a gate to hell. Um, so if you're ever in Kansas, you want to check it out. By the way, it's a 12-hour drive from Detroit, Michigan to Lawrence, Kansas, which is unbelievable that Dean shows up like the way he does, because he's a little to Detroit again without Cass. So, but yeah, the... The cemetery, I looked it up. It looks creepy as hell. Um, there's not much more to talk about it, but the Stull Cemetery is a real place that you can actually go and visit. I want to go. Um, well, that's all the notes we have here about the apocalypse, at least this version of the apocalypse. Apparently there's many apocalypses in fiction and in the Bibles, the many Bibles. 
of the different religions out there. So there's not one specific apocalypse exactly the same, just like the other. Um, the last known apocalypse on Earth, they said, was when the meteor hit that destroyed the dinosaurs. Makes sense. The floods, another apocalypse, if you believe the flood happened. Um, the great flood of Noah. I mean, again, if you believe that did happen. Um, obviously, there was apocalypses caused by man, like Hitler, and things like that for the Jews. Um, that's a holocaust, yeah. but still, that's an apocalypse for a group of religious people. But the last really big apocalypse, they said, that wiped out life on Earth was um, either the... The dinosaurs being wiped out, or the uh, the the flood with Noah. So it all depends on which one you think is an actual real event that happened. Um, we find the bones of dinosaurs. We have not found the boat of Noah. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me which one you think is actually real. <laughs> I mean, according to certain websites, the devil put the bones of the dinosaurs in the earth to fool us, Those depending on what you believe. Those personally. are stupid people, and they can come at me anytime. Um, <laughs> Mel, where can people find you? At Mel Heflin, pretty much across the web. And you can find me at Radio of Horror. Mel, have you ever, uh, radiohorror.wordpress.com, and uh, don't go to the Radio Horror Facebook page, unfortunately, it's been taken over by hackers, and now it's called Facebook Meta Business, unfortunately. Uh, but go to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore group, or you can find me on Twitter at ChristySAV. Mel, I believe you've never been in an apocalypse movie. I actually was in a movie called Apocalypse, but it never got finished. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, well, look for Mel and I's uh, project together coming up um, when uh, more footage is getting shot for The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And we'll be back next month with another exciting episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Rate us five stars, please. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of all hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the way to go You also can't see if there's nowhere to go It's the creature